This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello everybody and welcome along to the Blood Red channel, courtesy of the Liverpool Echo with myself, Patrick Smith, as we bring you a transfer special podcast focusing on Darwin Nunes and Sadio Mane. Well, I'm in the great company of the Liverpool Echoes, Tom Kavir and Richard Garnett. Fellas, how are we doing? All good, thanks, yeah. Not too bad at all, Patrick, thank you. Well, we'll start with Nunes, Chelsea has been a rejected bid for Sadio Mane from Bayern Munich, the second bid from Bayern Munich. We'll move on to that shortly. But the main reports this morning are on Darwin Nunes, with it being claimed that Benfica has set an asking price of £85 million for the young attacker. Rich, we'll come to you first. Do you think that's a fair price for the Uruguayan? Um, it's difficult to say, isn't it? In, in the current market, I mean, you see the prices that get banded about these days. But um, I think if you're looking at a, a European prospect who, who's young, exciting and scores plenty of goals, then he, he, he ticks all those boxes, doesn't he? And, and you can't blame Benfica for not wanting to let their prize asset go, uh, you know, at a steal. They're, they're obviously going to want to if they accept that, yes, bigger clubs in Europe are going to come in and take this player and they're obviously going to want to hold out for the best money that they possibly can. So I think we have to be realistic about it and so and say when you take into account his age, then yes, that, that, that is probably pretty much where they're going to be uh, positioning him as a, as a price point. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Tom, it is a high fee, as you mentioned, but you know, you consider the likes of, let's say, Dizan Vlajevic, Victor Osman, they've cost similar prices, haven't they? Do you think Liverpool can't really be surprised? And do you think they'll break the club record fee to pay for it? You know, it could be a big break in culture, this, couldn't it? Um, I think it will just come down to, you know, obviously Liverpool are looking at other options as well. I guess it will just be a case of availability of other players as well and what their market rate is. Um, I think Benfica have got a bit of a history of, you know, selling, buying players for sort of cheap from South America and other places and then selling them on for sort of twice or three times what they pay for them. So, it shouldn't really come as a surprise to Liverpool like this is Benfica's strategy in the market because they've done it so many times before. I think that they've got like the most um, made the most profit on players in the last 10 years, I think it might be. People like João Felix and Di Maria, the players that they bought it and then sold for huge fees. So, yeah, I mean, it's a good, it's a good method. It clearly works for them. So, you know, why wouldn't they do it again with Nunes, especially for his age? They've got even more power in, in that sense because he's only 22 um you know he's still got many years to come at the top level so you know they've got every right to really be asking for that kind of price for him really um it's just a case of whether liverpool you know like you said want to go all out and and pay it for him oh yeah i mean his scoring record does speak for itself and the thing is rich it's also been widely reported that united man united and atletico madrid are also circling the youngster that's come with the reports today do you reckon that could be a bad thing for Liverpool? Because, you know, it's likely we're going to want to drive the price down. But do you think that could be a massive problem negotiating? Because United and Atletico are probably going to put more money on the table for him, aren't they? Well, well, one thing that we understand is that Liverpool don't really want to get into a bidding war for him. Uh, and I, I dare say, as a result of that, it, you could see the club, you know, hold its position uh, regardless of anyone coming in ridiculously over the odds. If, so, so, if someone tries to gazump them with some sort of outrageous uh, offer, it's unlikely that, that, that Liverpool will, will, will go in and try and match that from, from what I can understand. And I suppose this is really sort of a first a first examination of, uh, of Julian Ward, isn't it? 
uh, this summer and, and straight off we've got a really high profile uh, signing and, and other clubs that, that are in the mix for it. And of course, uh, Liverpool and, and, and Ward will be hoping that their current standing in European football will, ca- will carry enough uh, gravitar to, um, uh, to to seal the deal at a price that's right right for the club, not, not just because um, Benfica wants to sell them to the highest bidder. Uh, from what I can gather, Nuna is, uh, is keen on a move to Liverpool and, and, and would fancy that above some of the other options on the table. Uh, and, that, and that, of course, will play into Liverpool's hands. Uh, you know, Manchester United, always happy to throw money about, uh, as we've seen over the years, especially since the exit of uh, Sir Alex Ferguson, but no longer the uh, the attraction that they once were. And 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 of course we've we've seen that to their detriment over the last few seasons, where, where big money signings just simply haven't paid off. So it, the, you know it is a threat because it's because it's it's money we're talking about here, and that's what Benfica are, are holding out for ultimately. But at the same time, I, I think Liverpool, you know, they're the, the club that people want to join at the moment. Gone are the days when Liverpool were just freely selling their you know the best players to the likes of Barcelona and Real Madrid. We've gone full circle now. You know these players generally uh, want to sign for if it's not Real Madrid, it's Manchester City or it's Liverpool. Uh, so I, I think that that definitely gives uh, Liverpool an advantage in this in this tug of war for Nunes. And uh, uh, personally, I think it's one that they'll win. Well, exactly. Like, you know, Liverpool are the biggest club of the three, and you know, with my bias view, obviously, I don't know why he would join the other two. Tom, if you had to be devil's advocate. Why do you think he would potentially choose United or Atletico over Liverpool, aside from maybe money? Um, it's hard to say, isn't it? I mean, Man United, I guess, a lot of the time, it's a lot of these players, it's it's sort of a case of, um, you often hear them saying, it's a team they grew up supporting, that kind of thing. So they've got an uh, attachment to the club in that sense. Um, obviously, we don't know what Nunes' background in, in that way, but... Um, you know, Liverpool are going to be in the Champions League next season. Uh, Man United aren't. So that's going to be one sort of major stumbling block, I guess, for Man United um, not being able to offer that because obviously he was playing in the Champions League this season, just gone and obviously did very well. So he, he'd want to carry on playing in that competition. Obviously, he could be able to do that at Atletico Madrid as well. Probably would be guaranteed uh, regular minutes there with Suarez leaving. Um, playing every week, probably. And the same for Liverpool, really. You'd imagine he would be playing, you know, pretty much every week if, if Mane goes. So I guess it would just come down to what sort of style he thinks he would suit more. Like I said, we, earlier we saw Felix go to Madrid, Atletico Madrid from Benfica. So he may look at him and, and see, oh, maybe if he's done it, I could do the same. Or, you know, maybe he's in touch with him about how, how the club is, where he'd fit in, that kind of thing. <laughs> But you'd think Liverpool are the more attractive uh, proposition for him out of those three clubs that have been mentioned. So, yeah, you'd like to think Liverpool were the, you know, the best option, really, out of the three. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I mean, you mentioned Jao Felix there. His transfer fee was, I think it was 113, £115 yeah. million. You know, compare that to Nunes. Extortionate fee. I'll stay with you though, Tom, because my next line of questioning was going to be about how Nunes would fit into the Liverpool team with the increasingly likely departure of Stadio Mane. But mm. that has taken a big twist in the past hour as it's been revealed that Bayern have made a second and unsuccessful bid for Stadio Mane. Tom, would you like to tell us a bit more about the bid that Bayern have made? 
Yeah, well, it's being reported that its initial fee of £23.5 million pounds, uh, with £6.5 million in add-ons, so a total of £30 million pound package. Uh, it's slight increase on their first bid, which was immediately rejected, um, seeing as Bayern are only up the actual offer by £2 million pounds, uh, or £2.5 million pounds from £21 million, uh, a couple of days ago. So... I think the problem Bayern have had, I think Liverpool has been reported that they haven't taken this second bid particularly well, given the nature of it. Uh, Bayern, 6.5 million in add-ons is dependent on Bayern winning the Champions League in each of the next three years, as well as Mane winning the Ballon d'Or. <laughs> and considering uh, neither, well, Bayern have won the Champions League actually in the last three years, but Mane has come close but has not won it. So it's quite a big ask for all of that to come off. So you can understand of why Liverpool, you know, have not taken that very well. Uh, it's being reported that Liverpool is sort of looking at closer to the £40 million mark. So I guess Bayern, uh, you know, they know where what, um, where they stand. They know what they'll need to get Mane. It's just a case of if they're actually going to, you know, cough up and pay that amount instead of trying to sort of, uh, you know, pull out all their tricks and the negotiations, trying to get a cheaper deal for him. Um, and they've got to be careful because it sounds like Liverpool are, you know, sort of losing patience a little bit with their tactics and how they're trying to go about the business. So, yeah, I mean, if they carry on with these add-ons and, you know, not upping the actual offer itself, it could reach a point where Liverpool, you know, just get to a point where they're saying, you know, we're not doing business anymore. I mean, you'd like to think it wouldn't come to that because Bayern will probably now, you know, realise what they need to do. Um but you never know. We've seen it happen before with clubs having enough in that situation and, and sort of just stepping aside from it. But you imagine Liverpool would be sort of respectful to Mane and, you know, he, if he wants to go, they'll probably try and do their bit to, to allow him to go and pursue that challenge of playing for Bayern or whoever else is looking, looking like Bayern. Um, so it would just be down to Bayern then, you know, to, to sort of match up to Liverpool's demands, really. I mean, it's a really strange clause anyway, isn't it? Man, I wouldn't have enough you know, pressure on him replacing Lewandowski, replacing a league that's just lost Erling Haaland. And you've got to do now go and win a Ballon d'Or. Rich, what do you make of it all? I mean, do you think Liverpool could potentially walk away from these um, negotiations? It's been a bit of a kick to the teeth of the first two bids, isn't it? Well, when Arsenal made a low ball bid for Luis Suarez, I think it was John Henry who said, what are they smoking over at the Emirates? So you've got to question exactly what sort of extracurricular activity is happening at the Allianz here because the, the offer it, it is just bizarre, isn't it? I mean, if you reject £21 million, pounds, you're not really expecting a, a, a counter-offer of, of 23 and a half, and then a collection of add-ons, which are, are basically, they're not near impossible to achieve, but they, but they represent significant risk to, to the seller, in this case, Liverpool. I mean, first off, a, a deal that ensures you get paid if Bayern Munich win the Champions League. Well, Liverpool are competing directly for the Champions League. They've got no interest uh, in, in Bayern Munich uh, achieving that. And then also to, to throw in um, the likelihood of Sadio Mane winning the, the, the Ballon d'Or, I think it was up to three times, was it, Tom? Uh, um, in order to, to fulfil the £6.5 million pounds of add-ons. I think only one African player has ever won the Ballon d'Or, George Ware. And now we're asking Sadio Mane at the age of 30 to win it three times for, for uh, the best part of £6.5 million. Pounds. 
uh, it's fanciful. And I'm not surprised that the club is pretty insulted by it. So I think Tom's right. There is the possibility here that Liverpool could just walk away from the negotiating table if Bayern aren't serious about what they're doing or if they want to stop playing games and start offering serious money for them. Because let's be honest, walking away from the table with Bayern doesn't mean that Sadio Mane will necessarily stay at Anfield, does it? There will be other clubs that will be prepared to put up the money to uh, to take him elsewhere, and then of course that'll be down to how how uh, committed Mane actually is was to going to Bayern Munich as opposed to just staying at Liverpool. But yeah, it, it does it puts the cat amongst the pigeons. This um, and who knows when it will turn next. I mean, Rich touched on it there, Tom. You know, Sadio Mane has sort of retracted his initial statement he made earlier in the week about the Senegal fans wanting him to leave. Do you think it now could potentially become likely that he actually stays at Liverpool? Um, I'm not sure. It, it does look like he's going to leave. Just I don't know. Just from his comments and the way he's sort of been approaching um, the whole the whole saga really around it. I mean, I think it might have been Rich who said it the other day, or it might have been Matt Addison. I think he said it. You know, when he was asked about what his future was at Liverpool before the Champions League, that the answer of sort of oh, I'll address it after the final was a bit strange and. And as soon as he said that, everyone was immediately like, oh, hang on a minute, it, it, that doesn't look great. Because, like I think Matt was saying, if he didn't have any issue and, and knew he was staying at Liverpool, he would just say that there and then. You know, he wouldn't um, need to say that sort of cryptic answer of, I'll tell you another time. Uh, because we saw Salah saying, I'm staying next season in, in a similar... It was actually on the same day, I think it was, uh, said he's staying at Liverpool next season. Mane sort of did the complete opposite and left it up in the air so yeah I, I don't really see him stay it looks like he's he's sort of set on going and he you know maybe he just feels like he's achieved everything he can at Liverpool um you know and there may also be that element of wanting to get out of Salah's shadow a little bit you know we've seen that with other players um Neymar leaving Barcelona to get out of Messi's shadow and you know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be the first to do it because obviously all the attention always is on Salah ahead of everyone else. So, you know, you couldn't really uh, begrudge him too much if he wants to go and, you know, be the main man for someone else. So, yeah, I, I don't really see him staying. Just, you know, just his whole, whole demeanour really and, and everything he said so far, it just all points to him leaving at this point. Yeah, well, exactly. Well, let's say he does leave, which and Darwin Nunes does come in. Is a more orthodox number nine better suited to Liverpool? Because obviously we've seen Mane play as a striker in the past six months. Would you be happy to finally see a more you know traditional number nine onto the side? Um, I don't know if it'll suit them more. The, the proof will be in the pudding in terms of that. But it's I, I do think it's exciting. Um, and I don't know. You've got a player. He looks to me from what I've seen in Nunes. He looks like a sort of a, a hybrid of Harry Kane and Mane himself in terms of what he can do. You know, he's good at running with the ball. He's quick. He can take players on. But then he's 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 a big tall lad who can who can hold the ball up and and show predatory instincts in the box. So that that's quite a lot there to be excited about. And he's only twenty two, and he's seen uh, Luis Diaz move from Portugal to England and and already make a success of that. And I'm sure there's more to come from him. So you know, he, he could he could have a kindred spirit in Diaz um, on his arrival. So there's a, there's a lot of things that point to uh, it, it being a nice fit for Liverpool and and for the player himself. Um, will it improve 
Liverpool in front of the goal. I, I would hope so. I, I, I mean, obviously, we've scored plenty of goals anyway, but, you know, sometimes when you need a bit more of a direct option, um, you know, the old uh, plan B de Vakarigi is, is obviously coming to an end, God bless him. Uh, and obviously, Darwin Nunes won't be a plan B, but he's certainly going to bring a different dimension if he was to come in. And you'd imagine with the likes of uh, Robertson and Simikas and Alexander-Arnold uh, providing quality deliveries from wide areas, that would be something that he would uh, he would capitalise on significantly. Uh, I do think, I think it's, um, if Manny is set to leave, uh, which I'd be sorry to see, he's been one of my favourite Liverpool players for, for a significant length of time now. Uh, if he is set to leave, I, I do think this is the type of replacement that fans would want to see, and I, I'd certainly be all right with it. Yeah, you touched on the Divock Origi note there, because you know, as Origi is leaving, there's basically no one in that mould, and Nunes could probably cover two or three different roles across the attacking line. Tom, I know you just explained brilliantly why Sadio Mane is still likely to leave, but let's be hypothetical. If Sadio Mane were to stay and we were to sign Darwin Nunes, who would start in the front three? What's it judgment that cause? Would Nunes be on the bench? Would he start? Would you drop one of Mane, Salah, or Diaz? You know, it could be a nightmare situation, couldn't it? Uh, yeah. I mean, the only way the only way Darwin Nunes seems to be coming though is, is if Mane goes. It's hard to see, um, you know, Mane saying and him coming because I think Liverpool would probably just reinvest the Mane money and then other players, Oxo Chamberlain or Minamino, whoever else leaves into that sort of Nunes uh, uh, transfer, if it was to happen. I mean, if that was to happen and Mane and Nunes were both there, uh, well, it's a tough one. I guess you wouldn't really drop Mane because of the form he's been on the last few months. Um, you could say the same for Diaz, really. I mean, Salah's actually the one who's been out of form out of the three, but, you know, it's quite a big call if you were to drop him, you know, next season at the start of the season, really. Um, I, I think if that was to happen, what Klopp would probably do is is start with Mane, Diaz, and Salah, and then and do what he's done with other players, where he's sort of given them a bit of time to, you know, bring them into the team, not necessarily throw them in straight away. He did it with Robertson and Fabinho and a couple of other players. So, you know, or he may opt for a different system, which you know brings everyone into play. You know, very attacking uh, lineup. You know, it, with everyone involved, but. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I couldn't see that happening where, where we have that situation, but it would be a good uh, problem to have if it did happen. I mean, the thing as well, Rich, as well, is we're forgetting Diogo Jota and his 29 goal contribution to the season. Is he almost being hard done by with all this transfer talk? Well, you, you beat me to it there, to be honest. Pat, that was my next point, really. <laughs> In all of this conversation, we're forgetting about uh, another another man uh, with strong links to Portugal, i.e. his own nationality, uh, Diogo Jota, and what a great goal return he's had. And and almost towards the end of the season, I bet he seemed to be a, uh, a little bit pushed out of things, wasn't he? And uh, especially with um, with Diaz coming in on, on the left and then Mane going down the middle and, and, and making a success of that. So it, it's, gave, it's given Klopp a bit of a headache. I, I do agree with Tom. I don't see... I don't see a scenario where Darwin Nunes joins Liverpool and Sadio Mane stays. It just just doesn't seem it doesn't add up financially for starters and and, and personnel wise either. So I don't see that happening. But yeah, Jota, um, you know, a little bit marginalised in these conversations, but a great player, a great goal scorer. If anyone 
uh, who could show that sort of predatory instinct down the middle that Nunes does, it, it would be him out of all the players, I think, that, that Liverpool have got in their artillery. Um, but, you know, like everyone else, he'll have a pre-season to prove his worth and to, and to force his way into the reckoning uh, and make sure that Jurgen Klopp can't keep him out. And that's exactly what happened with Luis Diaz, basically, isn't it? I don't think Diaz was necessarily expected to play as many games as he did, but he got to a point where he felt like he basically basically had to play him. He couldn't leave him out because he was just performing so well. And and I, I know you asked about Jota, but uh, certainly in terms of, of Diaz as well, uh, I, I'm expecting to see a, a bit of an uplift in his goal return um, next season. I'm, I'm excited about that. But it, it's all to play for. It's, it's, it's a good situation for Liverpool in terms of competition for places up there because these players know... Um, and I don't think Mohamed Salah can be excluded by, from this, by the way. These players know that they have to be performing, otherwise they're going to be on the bench. Yeah, couldn't agree more with you. Couldn't agree more with you about Diaz as well. I think it's a 20-30 goal a season player waiting to happen. It's like when Suarez in his first year took a bit of time and the next year really kicked on. I can see Diaz doing exactly that. But it's certainly very exciting news and very exciting times with Liverpool and the Liverpool attack in particular as the Nunes links go stronger by the day. And knowing how these things have worked in the past, maybe we'll just get an unexpected announcement of Nunes and Liverpool show when we're all least expecting it. But a big thank you to both Richard Garnett and Tom Kavir for joining me on this transfer special podcast. Be sure to keep up to date with all the latest Liverpool transfer news on the Echo's website, social media accounts. And of course, make sure you're subscribed right here on the Blood Red channel for the latest on Liverpool's chase of Darwin Nunes. You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.